All right, and we're back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is Kayfabe Corner. I am your host, Jordan Persons. As I sit down, one of the professional wrestlers here, currently located in the state of Florida. I'm here with the former Cyrus team. Now I'm here with Mark Ross. Mark, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Jordan. Thanks for having me on, bro. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. Here, uh, of course, gotta nowadays you gotta ask how you doing mentally, physically. You know, in these weird times, when's the last time you've even wrestled? What's going on, man? Uh, I'm I better now. I'm better now mentally than I was for a long. Uh, sorry, my internet cut. I just want to make sure you're still there. But yeah, no. When yeah. quarantine first, when quarantine first started, man, bro, it was it was rough, man. It was. It was four straight months. The the job I had had shut down, um, and then there's that fear, that fear of like not knowing what was gonna happen and being so far away from what I actually know in this world, like as far as family and stuff. Like it, it was really rough. All I had down here was uh, me, Natalie, and Alex. So, and we'll talk a little bit more about that about uh, the locations and stuff. Um, let, let's go back a little bit now. Uh, when did you first start getting to wrestling just as a fan? Were you a fan growing up? Uh, when, when does wrestling first hit your life? Yeah, no, so uh, I started watching wrestling probably like in 96. But back then, I, I grew up in a really religious household. So um, my mom would let me watch like a match or something at first. But she wouldn't let me just watch like a whole show of it type thing. I, I, I have all sisters. So her biggest fear was that I was going to do something to one of my sisters. Um, and then about 98, she let me start watching the WCW because uh, they would run longer. So I could watch the first hour of WCW before I had to go to sleep. And then in 99, uh, I stayed at a friend's house on the night of the Royal Rumble. And um, I started watching, his dad was watching it. I started watching it at the Royal Rumble. So like the Royal Rumble match itself had me so hooked that I stayed up for the whole three hours because that was pay-per-view times. So it would run again right afterwards. And um, I watched the whole event right afterwards. And then I was just hooked right from there. Well, first of all, did you ever powerbomb any of your sisters? Was your mom right? <laughs> yeah, no, she was right. She was right. There, but I had one sister that, like, she got into wrestling with me. Her favorite wrestler was The Big Show. So even though she was my littler sister, she always played, like, the bigger – she was either The Big Show or Kane. She always liked the big guys. And so – but I, I would powerbomb her, but I would also try to take moves from her. Like, I, I wasn't just, like, beating her up. Well, that's good. Even back then, you were a good worker. <laughs> You're giving her some stuff. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to have good matches. We had, like, this old rinkety, uh, like, metal bookshelf, and we would try to have ladder matches in the house. It, it was wild. Uh, you mentioned she she was a big show, Mark. Who was your favorite? Who was the person that you really connected to? Um, As originally, originally, it was – it was Conan that was like the first wrestler that I was just like, oh man, like I got to dress like this guy. I got to talk like this guy. I got to be like this guy. Um, and that was, that was Wolfpack Conan. Um, and then it was Shane McMahon after that. Like once I seen Shane and like, I knew it was the boss's son and he was doing some of the wildest stuff. I was like, dude, this guy, this guy is, he's, he's great. He's everything. I loved, I always loved, like, I like Kurt Angle. I always loved the antagonist. So like those people that would come out and just be really whiny, the Mean Street Posse and all of them, like I wasn't big Posse fans, but I liked what they did. So very nice. And so what what's finally the turning point of getting into the business? How old are you? Where do you start training? Uh, what pushes you to finally make that next step? Actually, what had happened was it was it was like a mini kind of like COVID situation. Um, so 
I used to have like a really bad alcohol problem to the point where like I lost my job and I had a buddy that um, knew I was really big into wrestling. Um, we had talked about professional wrestling and like the possibilities of training. And he knew a guy that trained whose name was Andrew Darcy. Um, and so that's my original trainer, a gentleman named Andrew Darcy. Andrew is the nephew of Mr. Wrestling 2. Sorry, I'm on my phone, so I'm trying to get a better angle without having to hold it. Um, yeah, he's the nephew of Mr. Wrestling 2. Uh, so he was, we were very old school trained, um, old school mindset. A lot of running the ropes and bumping. Uh, but yeah, it was literally just, I had, I had like, was reaching a, like a, little, a real low point and I wanted to do something different. Like I wanted to take a chance on myself. Like I was consistently trying to get jobs and trying to do what I was told I was supposed to do. Um, and I just wanted to do something that I felt like I wanted to do for once. So it was September of 20, or it was September, not September. It was, well, actually it was September. It was September of 2013. And where, where is this to? Where are you located at this point? Um, at that time, it was located where I was actually living, which is Port Huron, Michigan. Uh, I grew, I was born in Chicago, but raised in Port Huron, which is, they do the whole hand thing when they talk about Port Huron, or Michigan. Michigan looks like a hand. Uh, it's in the thumb, and it's the part that actually touches connect, uh, Canada. If you, if you took 94 or 75 all the way up, you'll go to Detroit, and then like another hour up 94, and it'd be Michigan, Port Huron. All right, all right. So uh, jumping ahead a little bit, uh, I got to ask you about this. Obviously, I, I know you first as Cyrus Satine, the Aqua Bra. Uh, you know, you kind of starting to make a name for that. Now you're transforming back into, uh, like you said, the more grounded, what is it, Mark Ross. What was that transition? Uh, what inspired that transition? So when, like, when the, when the quarantine started, um, like I said, and not knowing what was going to be happening with everything, I started just, like, reevaluating everything I had done so far and what got me to the position that I was in. And so like, I put a lot of time into being Cyrus a team. Like it, at times it seemed like I never stopped being Cyrus a team um, to, to the point where if wrestling didn't pick back up or if there was never another wrestling match ever, I didn't, I didn't know, sorry about that. I didn't know if I had did enough as Mark Ross to be established, you know what I'm saying, in this world with anything like like I didn't, I have, I have a lot of great skills. I'm not going to sit here and put myself down, but I've spent so much time doing other things in life that I don't know where I can apply those skills to be profitable and beneficial. So it was more so one of those things where if I felt like if I was going to continue wrestling, I wanted to continue wrestling as Mark Ross. This way I, I didn't lose again who I am and who I need to consistently be at all times. Uh, I also see here at one point you were billed as Keith Sweat. Yeah, Keith Sweat. Keith tell, tell me about that. Um, how long were you that? <laughs> okay, so when I first started training, like I said, I was I was I was coming off of alcohol hard. So like cardio, I would sweat like two minutes into training, and I would sweat super hard to where um my my trainer started playing around with with names with names that uh that had the word sweat in it. Um, I'm also, you know what I'm saying, big into the 420 world. So I wanted to call myself Keith Sweat, uh, K-E-E-F. Um, he didn't like the reference to weed, so he changed it to K-E-F. And I didn't like that. And I felt like a lot of people would say it wrong. So I just made a whole story out of it where I was Keith Rillin Sweat Price. Um, I was the son of Daryl from Coming to America. And I would come out to the Soul Glow theme song. 
Um, I had my sweat juice and everything. And yeah, that's how that's how that happened. And then I, I rocked out with that until I met Johnny Devine. And then I was I was in a competition with Johnny Devine for about a about seven, eight months, about halfway through it, he decided that Johnny Devine does the the Star Wars, the Star Wars gimmick. So he's the Dark Lord of Wrestling. And I was like his his little apprentice. So I had earned the name Cyrus and Teen. And you know what I'm saying? Johnny being who he was, I wasn't gonna be like, I wasn't gonna be like, no, he he liked the name Cyrus. Uh, it was actually named from, because I had the Afro at the time. So he he liked to call me Cyrus because I reminded him of the guy from the beginning of the Warriors movie, the, the original gang leader. Mm. And then Satine is just a play on the word satin. I used to wear a lot of silky stuff, so. Okay, that, that explains that name too, which is another question here. Uh, you mentioned the hair too. What inspired the, uh, the hair change? The hair change? Oh, cutting it off? That was literally just, that was quarantine. Uh, that was quarantine <laughs> madness. I literally just woke up one day. Um, I was struggling finding a new job. And I was like, you know how you know how I am. I always dye my hair colorful and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what? These, these people probably hate my hair in these interviews. It's got to go. So I cut it all off. And then once I cut it all off, I was like, oh, man, where's my color? So like, that's why we, we're still, we're still going to be dying and we're still going to be doing some stuff. Um, but it's actually funny. A lot of people ask me about the hair. And uh, when I started training, is when I basically about the time I started growing my hair. Other than that, before that, I always had short hair like this. I never had long hair until I got into wrestling, really. So tell me, uh, what are some of your favorite matches that you've had so far? Uh, favorite matches? Uh, number one would probably be um, me and Romeo. Any me and Romeo match, in all honesty. Uh, but me and Romeo wrestled in Alabama in a ladder match. That's probably like my all-time favorite. Then uh, me versus Anthony Henry. And then uh, my third all-time favorite match would probably be there's me versus, I'm not sure if you got to meet him when he was down here, a uh, cowboy named Billy Ray Daniels. And then another buddy of mine named uh, Alex Weir. Uh, we were actually all training buddies. And then uh, one time at a, the place that we trained for is called Blue Water Championship Wrestling. They had their own show as well. And so one time our trainer gave us the okay to just go out there and, and just do our thing. And it's still one of my favorite matches. Very nice. I, I saw that Henry match. That Henry match definitely sticks out to me as well. Um, what was the transition uh, and why the transition from uh, Michigan to Florida? It was it was all based around Evolve at the time. So in 2017, there was a, there was a Can-Am and NOAA uh, tryout over in Canada. Um, it was when they did, uh, right, I think it was either, right before they did the Global Forge. They were, they were doing some kind of competition, but they had a, like a week-long tryout. Um, I tried to go. Uh, I have some issues in life to where I can't leave the country. So I was stopped at the border. Um, and a buddy of mine, uh, Jeff Bundy, who's a referee for Evolve, or was a referee for Evolve, um, literally was like, dude, he had, he had been on the road for about a year, and he would go out there and he would hustle hard. Like, this guy would get in his gear and just sit there, even if they didn't use him, just in case they wanted to use him, all this stuff. But he told me to come to a tryout. And so I did a tryout. I wasn't picked, but I got on the show the next day and, and got to work with Fred with uh, Fred Yehai, which was a which was a lot of fun. And so then uh, I put about eight months into spending every nickel I had going to all these shows, and then finally Sal offered me uh, a position down here. So I came down here and uh, was just trying to earn my way onto the Evolve show. I wanted I wanted really badly to be on the Evolve cards. It's, it's 
part of the roster. So, tell me about that, man. I mean, that, that's a that's a bold decision here, and I I commend you on you know you, just based on trying to you know get bigger and then involve you. You packed up and moved to Florida. It's based on that. Yeah. So like, Michigan wrestling is uh is like I said, it's very old school, um, and then a couple of hardcore promotions. But like, the first time I went to Evolve was like the first time I seen like a seven match card where every single person was in athletic competition with the next person. It wasn't just about like my horn that I blare or my hat that I wear or whatever kind of, like there's a lot of that in wrestling, but that's not what Evolve was. And I'm pretty sure the main event for the first night, it was a dark main event, but I'm pretty sure it was uh, Zack Sabre and Cedric. And it was the first time, um, it was the first time that after a match, I heard the crowd chant both these guys. And I was like, wait a minute, people do that? They chant for both people? Like, what, what's going on here? So after after months of watching uh, Tracy Williams and Matt Riddle and Chris Dickinson and all these guys go out there and literally just, like, beat the mess out of each other and people just go nuts for it, I was like, I got to be part of this. Um, and then to top it off was being told that I was too small to be part of it or I didn't have the body to be part of it to where, like, I have a big thing where I, if you tell me something, I've got to prove you wrong like type deal and so i came down here to try to prove people wrong that at least i could i could make it there and i could i could hang with those guys and now i don't, I don't know if you know anymore about the state of evolve i don't know if it's if there's anything happening there anymore yeah no it's done for uh that, that that's out of here man uh any other moments from like evolve fip i know you're big in the evolve fip ecw for a while any more uh, moments or memories from there like I said, uh, the Anthony Henry match was probably the biggest moment um, because, like, at that point in time, it was it was me in my mind trying out for Evolve, and if not trying out for him, at least earning the respect of somebody that Evolve held highly. So, like, like I like we talked after the match in the ring. We, we both got on the mic, talked after the match, and I meant what I said. Like, the only thing I ever really wanted out of that match, like, obviously, you want to win the titles, you want to be the champion. But, um, like, I really wanted Anthony Henry to look at me and respect me as a wrestler. Because if he did that, then no matter if I was on the roster or not, I was proving, like I said, I was proving my point that I did belong and that I could be there. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's only so many spots and everybody's not going to be everybody's favorite. So I understand that. But if the roster thinks I should be there, it's almost like I'm there. You know what I mean? So, yeah, of course, the matches, uh, if, if anyone wants to find it, it is up on YouTube, ACW, Proving Ground, Evolve Supercard. Yeah. There's Henry just stomping on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, everything was real. Like, believe me, I, I, was, I was glad to go to sleep that night. <laughs> but, but, but at the end of the day, like, when, when he told me that, like, when he told me that I had earned his respect, like, like I said, it was, it was like I had won the belt. And I'm pretty sure John Davis ended up beating up for the belt. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like I was in bad competition with names when it comes down to it. And I'm pretty sure I might have been either one of two of his title defenses or one of three. Like, like as far as Henry having the belt, like he didn't, because of the times and what he was going on, like I know he spent a lot of time in England last year. Um, he wasn't able to defend the FIP belt over here a lot. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm either one of two or one of three of his title defenses. So like, my name is in high company, which is where I wanted it to be. 
Absolutely. Uh, you touched on it a little bit before. Uh, tell me, is there, is there any big difference between the Michigan and the Florida scenes? Yeah, uh, as far as production, yeah. A lot of the people in Florida do the lights and the cameras. Um, a lot of people in Michigan don't like like there's there's a there's a company called XICW, they record. Um, and then there's a company called PPW, I believe they have a, a videographer. But there's a lot of places that don't you don't get to see the match unless somebody has somebody record the match for them specifically. Um so like it's it's just like it's like lost, you know, like the match is only so great if nobody else can see it, and if only 30 people know about it, then all, all they're gonna do is tell the people that they know their own rendition of it, you know what I'm saying? Because even though we're doing it right in front of them, everybody is seeing and getting connected to different parts of the match. So they're not gonna tell the match back the same way that it actually happened. And if you can't see it for yourself, you can never formulate your own opinion. You only be go based off of what, uh, what everybody says. But as far as locker rooms, no. Vets are the same. The rookies are the same. You got you got the spot guys. You got the guys that take it too serious. You got the guys that don't take it serious enough. You got the guy that should have retired ten years ago. You got the guy that should have never been in the business before. Like it's all the, it's literally in that part of the business. It's all the same, man. It is it is literally all the same. The only thing I will say is different is that just like regular sports, like basketball and football, a lot of our competitors up north are they're about my size right now. We do get some monsters, but there's not a lot of monsters up north um, to where you guys just have those, not to be funny, but those corn-fed boys from Georgia and Alabama and, and that are, you know what I'm saying, they, they most likely came from some kind of D1 football program. Like, there's some big boys down here. But that's about, that's about the only differences. Very good, very good. Uh, what are some of your favorite locker rooms you've been in? Uh, what locker rooms are very uh, just fun or warm? Uh, New Era, New Era Wrestling in Alabama, that's ran by Bubba Cagle. He always takes care of uh, of everybody and makes you feel welcome, as well as um, Pro South, which is ran by Ace and Amy Haven, and they're like in partnership with each other, so they basically run exactly the same. Those are two great locker rooms to be in. Um, uh, DWI's locker room was a lot of fun because it was literally just everybody showing up, just wanting to have fun that day. But XICW's locker room, like, XICW's locker room was probably the most fun because the environment that I was that I was in while I was there. So XICW does a show where it's it's very it's a it's a shoot show. It's it's based off of uh it's based off of crowd crowd interaction and um, execution of moves. You get partnered with a a rookie gets partnered with a vet, so your team gets judged. But they allow you to create almost the whole show with with the exceptions of the things that as a promoter you know they have to choose and be protective of but like you literally i can show up today and wear something and i can show up next week and wear something else but i need to explain why i'm wearing something else to be judged properly and if i don't then i get judged in a negative way but like literally there is no there is no you have to do this you have to stick to this it's literally just just you know what i'm saying get your get yourself over work hard to get yourself over and learn. That's, that's where I met Johnny Devine and was working with him at. 
Absolutely. Sounds like a good, good one to work with, too. Uh, what are some matches that so far, like maybe here in Florida or even back up in Michigan, uh, like local dream matches? Who have you seen that you're a fan of that you want to get in there with? Um, and you haven't I, yet. I have not been able to like, see. He's not down here um, currently, but he was when I moved down here. Uh, I would like to wrestle Jake St. Patrick. Uh, I, I haven't got to wrestle him yet. Um, who else have I not wrestled down here yet that I would like to work with? Uh, Jake, man, there's a lot of there's a lot of good guys. I don't, I'm not sure if I ever if I've ever wrestled uh, Jay Sky one on one, but that would be I feel like that would be a really good match. Anybody from the Rapture, I, I think I have wrestled uh, Richard once, but anybody from the Rapture would be a good match. Um. There's a couple surprises, so I can't say some names yet because you will see those matches soon. Um, but, you know, honestly, um, if I could, I'd wrestle Alexi Gomez. Like, like, I'm not the kind of guy that's, like, big into men calling out women. First off, I'm not the kind of guy that's big into just calling out any opponent. Like, shows are shows, and, like, we're not, you know what I'm saying? We to create my own match is weird. Uh, literally just by saying who, which promoter is going to put me in the ring with this guy. Uh, but every time I see Lexi, like she goes hard and I know like we're in that world kind of like where the intergender matches are getting booked to where I feel like me and her could have a really great match. Um, oh, and then I wrestled him one time, but it was when I first got down here and I feel like I understand wrestling better now to where me and him could do it even better. And it was in front of a small crowd. Saeed, Saeed Al-Sabah would probably be the one match. Like, if I could, like, literally just show up tomorrow and then there'd just be a locker room full of guys and need to grab my partner, I'd probably want to wrestle Saeed. Those are all good choices, good choices, all of those. It'll be fun to see. Um, where do you see yourself in five years, man? Where do you hope to be at? Um, in all honesty, in five years, I'll be 37. My whole thing with wrestling has always been is that by 36, if uh, if I have if I don't have a contract by 36, I'm gonna step back. I don't want to necessarily leave wrestling, but I don't want to be active in the ring forever. I don't want to be 15, 20 years in the ring on the level that I'm at right now, still like doing the same kind of stuff. I have children, so like if anything, I want to be part of their lives as well. And in about five years, my son will be 10, so he'll start really getting into whatever really interests him. And I want to be there for him. I don't want it to be like, sorry, I got to leave this weekend. If it's like, hey, can you come be part of this? Or can you help me with this? I'd rather, if I'm, if, like I said, if I'm not contracted and I can't take care of the family by then, I want to do some other stuff in wrestling, which is why I've always been open to learning about the other stuff as far as production and, and how that goes. The only thing I don't ever want to do is I don't ever want to promote. I don't ever want your job. I don't ever want somebody emailing me about a rate or about their boy that they can get on. I don't ever want to do or they're canceling me last night I don't ever want to deal with it like it's, it's it's such a headache to watch other people deal with it I don't I know personally I don't ever want that part of the business you sure I'll, I'll give you mine any, any day you want it <laughs> I'm good on it all man I'm good on it uh, yeah yeah you, you don't want it uh, <laughs> that's a thankless job usually uh <laughs> let's do some uh, role playing here uh after a show you know a young kid walks up to you says he's a big fan of yours Actually, what advice do you give him? He wants to start wrestling. What advice do you give someone just starting in the business? 
the, the, the advice that I would give anybody just starting the business is to, is to one, make sure, make sure you have income, make sure you have some sort of income. Like, I don't care how you got to get it. That's none of my business, but like, you're not gonna, you're not falling into a top rated contract right off rip. And if you don't have income, it's easy to mentally get down on yourself and then wrestling start to become worse. Two, find a school with the name of a gentleman who is going to be where you want to be at with wrestling. If you want to be part of the WWE, it is better off to have a trainer who comes down that line. Because at the end of the day, wrestling is literally all vouching. It's that guy is good. That guy is good. That guy is good. Up a line all the way to the top. Like, like I said, it was why I wanted the approval of an Anthony Henry, because I was hoping that, and he did do it for me. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Like the way the world ended up working out, um, I didn't get to go where I wanted to be at. But like he did begin to say like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? He's good. Or even acknowledge me more when I was at the Evolve show, because I had, I had got in with him. So like, you have to have, you have to have some kind of reputable back, backing in your career if you're trying to go all the way up. And then the last part would be just know where you want to go. Cause like there is different levels to this. So like you could be perfectly fine with wrestling on every Saturday at, you know what I'm saying? Right down the street from your, from where you live. And if that's all you want to do and the WWE is just too big of a dream, then, then enjoy just doing what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Don't let people, don't let, I used to take away from people cause they didn't want the same stuff as me and I didn't understand it. So like, so they didn't need to be here or whatever. I missed, like I, I spoke out and was, and was rude basically to a lot of people because I didn't see wrestling the way that they seen wrestling. But at the end of the day, they weren't trying to get where I was trying to go and they weren't trying to do the things that I was trying to do. So it was wrong for me to ever do that. So like the biggest thing is just understand yourself and where you're trying to be at with this. Very good, very good. Now to come a little full circle here as we wrap things up. Cyrus Satine's gone. Mark Ross is in the building. What can we expect now from Mark Ross? Uh, what any any difference in the ring, uh, style, look wise? Well, well, what can we expect from Mark Ross? A lot more of Mark Ross. Like 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 I I watch a lot of people just be themselves in wrestling, and that's what people like. We're told we're told about these characters. We're told about these gimmicks and all this stuff. And like I said, I do understand that because there's shows that are based around that. But I also understand that so many, so many times these shows end up unintentionally blending together and it makes it harder for people to do what they actually want to do. Um, like Matt Riddle's not a character. You know what I'm saying? Matt Riddle's an MMA fighter who smokes a lot of weed. And so when you watch him on SmackDown, you see an MMA fighter who looks high. You know what I'm saying? That, that is who he is. Uh, Mark Ross is a guy who likes video games. I like occasionally reading. I'm not the biggest gym nut, you know what I'm saying? I haven't been since high school. So I don't want to no longer come out there and perceive that, you know, I've, you know I, I like to smoke. <laughs> so I, I might, I might, you might see me with the, with the red chinky eyes. It's because it's I smoke weed, you know, it's, it's 2020, that's what we do. As far as in the ring, I'm trying to have the best matches with the best people. And that, and that doesn't mean the best wrestlers. I mean with the best people um, in the sense of like, I got the, the, the tag match coming up with Task Force in August and it's Task Force versus me 
And down here, I was wrestling with Mr. Opportunity, Jason Falcone. Before that, I was wrestling with Mr. Opportunity, El Ridiculoso, up in, up in Michigan. I've always been with Mr. Opportunity, and that's who I'll be with in August. And, and I plan on going out there and just literally trying to steal the show. There's a lot of guys on there who are hitting up AEW now, who are moving on in the bigger, better. I'm still trying to compete with those guys, but I'm also trying to let Mikey and DMC know, like, you guys are some great athletes. I'm just as great of an athlete. I just do it my way type deal. Uh, well, tell me more. Any, any other uh, plugs or upcoming events where we can catch Mark Ross in action? Um, well, August 8th at your show, I'll be, uh, I'll be there. Um, but obviously, honestly, I just started another job, so I haven't been taking, um, I, you know how jobs are these days. You got the probationary periods to make sure that you're not just catching a quick check and then dipping. So, like, I got those couple bookings as of right now, uh, the, the, your show and then the GCW show at the end of August. But uh, other than that, I haven't really been planning too much um, because the things that did start up started shutting right back down. So I'm more so just trying to stack some cash right now and put myself into a position that if 2021 comes around and it's a whole different story, then, you know what I'm saying, I start writing a different story. Absolutely. And that's the hope. I mean, every day I, I fingers are crossed that August 8th is still going to happen because you just never know, man, uh, what's going on. We make no no promises. Uh, the year 2020 has been a wacky one here, man. Uh, it's on its own course. <laughs> uh, any other words, man? Any uh, advice, wisdom, partings from Mark Ross before we go? Yeah, if, so just for you, Jordan, because I know you just enjoy watching and you enjoy, like, learning about stuff. There's a group called the Death Threat Army. They're from Michigan. Um, there's, like, six or seven of them. Aaron O'Ryan. Jack Price, Tommy Vendetta, Tommy Vendetta, Alex Weir, Isaiah Bronner, and Jody Threat. Just just study them, Jordan. Like, look at those guys. I know, I know Jody. Do you? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Jody's part of yeah, Jody's part of Jody's part of their group. But they'll actually be at the GCW show too. Tommy, because like it just popped in my head real quick. Tommy's the guy that I want to wrestle. He's a psychopath. He just looks like a psychopath. The kid looks like he's the kind of kid that would just smell gas outside and be like, man, I love the smell of gas. Like he He's, he's one of those kind of guys. Um, but, yeah, so I'm hoping to get it in with them. Other than that, like, words of wisdom and stuff like that, it's, we all just got to start being true to ourselves in, in, in reality. Just be true to yourself. Um, it sounds corny, but – and then, and like I said, the same way I was talking about with wrestling, understand what you want out of life and just go out there and get it. Like, we spend so much time uh, BSing for other people or doing what we're told we're supposed to do that we get caught up in like forgetting that it's easy at any point in time we can choose to do what we want to do we might have an excuse why we can't but you can still choose to do what you want to do so at some point in times just even if you're sacrificing in other areas choose to do what you want to do because it'll make you feel so much better to have done something that you want to do and enjoy than you know what i'm saying not doing it and accomplishing stuff for other people and then you just being miserable you know what i mean 110%, buddy. 110%. Absolutely. Good words. I love it, man. That was a good talking to you, Mark. Appreciate it, Jordan. Absolutely, man. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mark Ross. Catch him in an upcoming show. Hopefully these things start rolling here. This was JPO as well, KFIB Corner. Thank you guys for checking out and listening, on, whether it's on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you found this. And as always, keep it KFIB.